0: Welcome in to the Just Josh and Podcast. This is the week nine recap for the International League of Super Acquaintances. My name is Josh. I am your host. You know the drill by now. What an absolutely insane week nine. I mean... Who else is going crazy? Feels like they're drinking crazy juice. Jaguars upsetting the Bills. The Bengals are now last in the AFC North. Had a crazy Monday night game. Things are absolutely wacky. Topsy-turvy, if you'd ask me. And with that came a lot of heartache. With that came sadness and pain. We're going to do something at the top uh, that is unusual. We're going to receive a call from one of the GMs who is feeling a certain way. Go ahead and listen in. This is uh This is the Sigma Males GM and uh i'm not doing good i'm not doing good you know you you put your boys out there you tell them go after it live your truth work hard and then and then you you don't start your best player and one of your better players than James Conner. Instead, you try to shoot for the moon, and... You start Tony Pollard, and... As the general manager of the Sigma Males, I take responsibility. I should have taken down the number one team. Points were left on the table. And for that, maybe it's time to say goodbye. Maybe it really is time to hang it up and go to the the great big blue in the sky. Well, thanks for calling in Sigma Males head coach, man. I cannot imagine the amount of depression and sadness and pain and nightmares, sleepless nights the last two nights. The... Yeah, the the weight of guilt that is on your shoulders for not starting James Conner. And that's where I really want to pick up for the beginning of this portion as we hit the news and notes from around the league. <sighs> Just Joshin didn't start James Conner. Yeah, that James Conner, who scored 40 points in the matchup of the week, Everything was being set up perfectly, except for one thing. Right before game time, Sunday morning, right at dawn, or dusk, dawn, Sigma Males head coach, slash GM, decided to pull James Conner for Tony Pollard. And a lot of you may say, wow, yeah, I mean... That's hard. It's a hard decision. I mean, he obviously, he had DeAndre Swift out this week. And so you got to figure out, am I going to start James Conner? I'm going to start Tony Pollard. And what he told me in an exclusive interview was that he felt like Tony Pollard was going to give him the biggest boom or bust potential. That he was going to go all out against the number one ranked team in UConn. And he was going to try it. He was going to just go for it. And so he threw in Tony Pollard. You know what? He was thinking, you know what? Maybe this gets me only five points. But maybe this gets me 40 points. And then game time hit for the Arizona Cardinals. Chase Edmonds dies. James Conner, touchdown. James Conner, touchdown. James Conner, touchdown. And with every point that moved up the scoreboard, a little part of the Sigma males, head coach, and GM, died. A pointless life. Why? Do we live it? Why do we live it? He should have started him. He should have done it. If he would have done it, he would have beat UConn. He would have beat the number one team in the league. And now he's going to have to live with this pain, this shame, and this guilt. Now, it didn't really help. According to him, and once again, in this exclusive interview, it didn't really help that on Monday night, Darnell Mooney starts balling out. Khalil Herbert starts getting replaced by David Montgomery because he got he got healthy. Najee Harris obviously was doing fine. Deontay Johnson wasn't really doing anything. So it didn't help as he inched closer to potentially making up for his mistake. It didn't help. In fact, it made it more Painful. To see a young star like Darnell Mooney put the game on his shoulders. To try to take this thing over for Sigma Males. To put his heart and soul on the field. Knowing a mistake was made on Sunday. That's pain. To look a player in the eyes with the first name Darnell. And also Chase Claypool. And tell them, you're going to have to go win this thing. Because I made the most idiotic mistake of my life. Can you imagine that pain? He had UConn dead in the rights. Only like 77 points. And the number one team in the league. What are we doing? What are we doing? Said the Sigma Males head coach slash GM. Foolish decisions. Stupid. I have to go on. I have to move on from this. I'm just so upset for him. James Connor, sadness. But from James Conner's sadness, I want to move to another nightmare to replace the nightmare that I'm feeling, or at least, uh, or I'm sorry, that the Sigma Males head coach is feeling. To be able to uh, not shed light on this, I don't know if many of you guys caught this in the drama of all the things that were happening on Sunday. Uh, another drama unfolded on Monday. ND Star Sky, or as I would like to say, ND Up and Coming Star Sky, played against Josh Long. And, you know, everything was hunky dory. Josh Long, great team, is pedaling along. They're doing an awesome job. They're fighting for a chance. And they're beating, they're beating Andy Starsky going into Monday night by a little over 10 points. And slowly but surely, Alan Robinson, who has done absolutely nothing this entire year, begins to build a case. And we're in the final minutes of the fourth quarter. A bomb goes up from Justin Fields. It lands into the hands of one Allen Robinson. And N.D. Starsky pulls up the, uh, the, the upset victory against Josh Long because of that one pass. They say this game is full of joy. Why do we feel such pain? I know, like, I don't want to take away from the up-and-coming star that ND Starsky has been. But you gotta feel it for the Josh Long football team. I mean, just this past week, just this past week, his child, was in a production of the very popular Christmas play A Christmas Choose as the leading as the leading character the kid that hands the shoes to the mom that wants to buy the shoes and the kid fumbled his lines and dropped the the shoes in front of everyone embarrassed defeated Josh Long, the head coach, had to step up and be a family man to care for his son after that abysmal performance. He then had to walk out on that field, coach those guys up. All he needed, all he needed on Sunday, was for A.J. Brown to catch another pass. For Elliott, Ezekiel Elliott to get another 10-yard run. For Travis Kelsey to just simply catch the ball in the air. It's all he needed. And he didn't get that. He didn't receive that. And the insult of his son failing him led to injury when Allen Robinson caught that bomb from Justin Fields overwhelming sense of agony that he feels within his heart has now led him has now led him to pull his son from all things all things theater and this may be a mark on his son's past forever and I don't blame him I blame N.D. Starsky I blame him for putting Allen Robinson in his lineup to begin with. I blame him for not just throwing in Miles Boykin. I blame him for having five empty roster spots. Five empty roster spots. That's what I blame him for. I don't know. We live in a world of pain. Lastly, Josh Long wasn't also uh, the subject of much vitriol and controversy for that alone, but also for a trade that was heard around the world. Deep into the Sunday matchups, we were all grooving, we were all moving, and then all of a sudden, in comes a sleeper notification. And we see a trade has been completed. We're like, whoa, what's going on? What possibly could be happening on a Sunday afternoon? Jordan Howard traded to Zeb Greenfield. Four, in return to Josh Loganow, first round pick and a fifth round pick. And suddenly the league was a chatter. They rose to much a clatter. And everyone began to have an opinion. Vetoes were being thrown out. Murder threats were being given. Everything was on the board. And we were all wondering, what in the world is going on? Who would ever trade a first-round pick for Jordan Howard? Many of us didn't even know he was still in the league. Brought up from the practice squad just a little over a week ago to fill in for Miles Sanders. And one of the problems I have is that many people were pointing the finger and giving the finger to Josh Long for pulling off this trade, to Zeb Greenfield for accepting this trade. I don't blame either of them. I blame a society that is willing to write off a guy by the name of Jordan Howard, that is willing to even attempt... Or think about a veto. We don't veto things. We allow things to happen. The only thing that we do a lot of veto is if there was some really bad trade that was made last year around Thanksgiving because someone didn't fully understand dynasty trade compensation and was under the influence of melatonin. But that's neither here nor there. Now, for all we know, Josh Long is going to go make this pick, and it's not going to end up turning out in the way that we want it to. For all we know, Jordan Howard has now been revitalized. And he is now the bell cow running back that Nick Sirianni wanted since the very beginning of time. That's, for all we know, that's what's going to happen. Will it? Eh, probably not. But it could. Maybe. Now in my professional opinion because I know a lot of people ask me that, do I think it was a lopsided trade? Yeah, I think it was. Do I think that maybe uh all the King's men's GM was operating under the assumption that Jordan Howard was the starting running back for the Eagles? Yeah, that could have been happening. Do I think that first round picks can be very fluky and crazy and a little bit wild? Yeah. I do think that happens. So, you know, I think we live and let die. We just continue to move on. We let bygones be bygones. And that's just the way it is. Do I think it led to a community of super acquaintances being able to rally around one another in love and in care to unite under one critical aspect of a trade that seemed foolish. Do I think that it brought us together and for that alone, I think it should go through? Absolutely. Absolutely. In the midst of deep, dark sadness of James Conner getting 40 points and, and, and Sigma Males not starting him, in the loss of Josh Long... Earlier that morning. It actually ended up being the next day. But anyway. Do I think that it brought a comic relief. And a bonding experience to us. That we can now carry with us. When we go on a special retreat. That we should all plan. Even if we're complete strangers. Next Labor Day. Do I think that we could bring that with us? Absolutely. Absolutely I do. And I think that that could unite us forever. Like... Years down the road, when we're 50 or 60 and this league is 40 years old, we can look at each other in the nursing home and we can say, remember that trade for Jordan Howard? And then the other one says, actually I don't because I have Alzheimer's. And then another one says, actually I do. That was crazy. We'll experience a bonding all together of love and of care simply because a foolish trade was made. So do I think it was worth it? Because this has impact going on further into eternity forever. Absolutely I do. Absolutely I do. So thank you, all the king's men. Thank you, Josh Long. And I do believe, this is completely unbiased, I do believe that means that Maybe someone should give first round picks or a first round pick for James Conner. I only think that's fair. Right? I mean, I only think that's fair. Or a trade should be reversed from last year. I, I think these things, these are all these are all fair points, and I think that it's very, very, very true. All right. That's all I had for the news and notes this week. It was a that was a heavy news and notes. Take take a breather, folks. Okay, grab a little spritzer. Grab a, grab a little Sprite. Because this one is, is just crazy. This week has just been absolutely insane. All right. What do we got next? Producer Jeff, what's going on? Um, I think that we should do a... We should do a ad read. Okay, let's ad read. This week's podcast is brought to you by paper. You ever need something to write on? You ever need something to doodle? Have you ever been sitting at work and wondering, should I be taking notes right now? Probably. Worry no more. Paper has your side. Backed by hemp. You'll love paper. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. (sighs) I don't know. I can't even do a good ad read anymore. I'm just so upset. You know what? Screw paper. I want them off of my... Jeff, get them off my ads. I don't want them anymore. Get them away from me. I don't care. I don't need Big Paper's money. If Big Paper can return to me the 40 points that... or I'm sorry. If Big Paper can return to Sigma Mails the 40 points that he deserves, then, then they could be one of my ad reads. All right, let's go ahead and start with the weekly rundown for uh, week nine. And once again, uh, the uh, best team and the worst team is the most efficient and the uh, least efficient. And so I'm not going to start there, but I'm going to start with the players of the week. Players of the week. Lamar Jackson. Uh, was started by Rob Cutt. He scored 32 points against Minnesota. It looks like Lamar Jackson is back, baby. You you have a great player in Lamar Jackson on Rob Cutt's team. He's really helping carry that team uh, despite the fact that they keep losing. He is a bright spot on that team, a player to build around and Rob Cutt did a great job starting him. Uh, At running back, we have Jonathan Taylor started by MD Starsky. Have a Day, man. 34 points started on Thursday night. He was the big part of the reason why Josh Long ended up falling to ND Star Sky. Just a big, massive week. Huge week. Um, at wide receiver, the player of the week, this kind of surprised me. This actually kind of showed that there wasn't really like a huge mover, a huge player at the wide receiver this week, uh, position this week. Because Keenan Allen was the wide receiver of the week, scoring only 22 points. Uh, he was started by Josh Long, uh, and yeah, that, I just thought that was really, really interesting. I don't know. Anyone else find that interesting? 22 points only. That's, that seems really, really interesting. On Monday night, we saw Pat Fryermuth, uh started by Sofa Couch. He scored 21 points. Guy looks like he has a future in this league. Pat Fryermuth looks like he could be that really, really great uh, tight end player that that Ben Roethlisberger likes to throw to, even though Ben Roethlisberger can only throw about a yard in front of him. So, I don't know. Bench warmers of the week. Bench warmers of the week. These are the players that you guys did not start that were on your bench. Uh, and so at quarterback. We have Matt Ryan, not started by Indy Starsky. He scored 28 points against New Orleans. That was another big shocker this week. The fact that the Falcons were actually able to pull off the upset win against the uh, Saints. Just absolutely crazy. And Matt Ryan was a huge part of that. He was slinging it. He was balling. He scored 28 points. At running back... Oh, weird. Um, Running back bench warmers of the week. A, A player that scored... A ton of points that was left on someone's bench. Oh, weird. It's blank. Huh. Oh, okay. I, just, I guess I won't go into that. I don't know. what That's weird. Jeff, do we know why that happened? I don't know. Seems strange. At wide receiver, uh, bench warmer of the week, we have Elijah Moore, not started by Ghost of Darnold's Pass, with 27 points. Boy, looks like he is ready. Boy, looks like he is the guy in this league. 27 points. He's the player that we've been waiting on. To really break out and do well, and it looks like he finally did. Now it took the third string quarterback and also the second string quarterback, who actually probably should be the first string quarterback to actually break out and do well. But twenty seven points, Elijah uh, Mitchell, or sorry, Elijah Moore, not started by uh, go start pass. I bet you that boy's gonna be in the. I bet you that boy's gonna be in the roster next week on the starting slate. And at tight end, not started by all the Kingsmen, we have Cole Komet scoring 14 points against Pittsburgh. Cole Komet coming into his own. Jimmy Graham also getting a handful of touchdowns, which was kind of really interesting. Or maybe one touchdown, I can't really remember. He's just so old at this point that I'm actually even shocked that he's alive. He looks like he's like waddling on the field sometimes. He's just so old. It's insane. Now, when it comes to league awards this week, no surprise, the most efficient manager was Super Cam, scoring 124 of his, of his 128 points. Have a day. Have a day. The best team, the best overall team, and so I guess I was wrong because I said they were both the same, but the best overall team was Sofa Couch 89. Man has come into his own. He has come into his own. Finally getting some win streaks going. Team is finally revving. They needed that motivation. That one week, that one week where he threatened everything, put it all on the table, has really put him forward. He has 137 points. The poopiest team of the week was none other than Sigma Males. Just absolutely pooping the bed with 77 points. Yeah, he had DeAndre Hopkins out and DeAndre Swift in the biggest matchup of the week. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do that. The highest points in a loss or the saddest boy award, I would say, was Josh Long with 130 points. He scored the second most, I believe, of this week and still lost. The lowest points in a win—I don't—I don't know I what he says this. Low, lowest points in a win was eight, uh, UConn with 87 points. Yeah, that was shocking. It was crazy. Ah, wow. Biggest blowout was Super Cam against Am McPherson. He scored 124 points. Andy Starsky came away with the narrowest victory. We already talked about that a little bit, but just a crazy, crazy narrow victory, a point victory to Josh Long. Super sad for him. The biggest overachiever was actually Rob Cutt, tank for Ritter. He scored 115 points, five more than his original projection of this week at 110, and the biggest under... I just... This causes me so much pain. The... The biggest underachiever was UConn with 87 points. His projected total was 136 points, and he didn't even come close. Okay, cool. Whatever. All right. Now that we're done with the weekly awards, let's go ahead and get into the power rankings. Power rankings. All right. Boo. All right, at number one, um, this is no surprise. I got to give it to him. He's 7-2, and two, despite the fact that he could have almost lost. At number one, we have UConn. UConn is doing great. They're winning games. They're doing what they need to be able to do to win those games, and they continue to trudge forward. He has a great roster on hand with some great running backs that are continuing to prove that they are worth it in part of this league. His wide receivers look awesome, and he has a future here. It's not going to be every week that Justin Jefferson only scores 17 points. If Daryl Henderson can get healthy, he's going to have a really good future ahead of him. DJ Moore needs to get rid of that stupid Sam Darnold to be able to, 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 be able to actually do something, and he just acquired Dalton Schultz to kind of help flesh out that tight end room. So we'll see. But I do think that he is the number one team in the league. At number two, this is where I'm going to differ. This is where I'm going to differ from the media. And I'm going to go at number two, Sundra SJ. You say he lost last week. You idiot. You can't rank him there. I know. But guess what? He has Christian McCaffrey back and George Kittle. I have beaten this drum like crazy. He has the same record as Supercam. I'll get into that in a second. But he has... Oh, I'm sorry. He didn't even lose this past week. It looked like he lost this past week. He won this past week. He's on the rise. He's doing a great job. So scratch the fact that I said he lost this week. He actually won this week. George Kittle, A.J. Dillon is getting reps for some reason, unbeknownst to mankind. He has Jalen Hurts. But then he also has Baker Mayfield and... Um, a lot of really like great other players. Deontay Harris is getting targets. So, yeah. I think that he could be number two. I, I'm just going to continue to beat that drum that I think that he's going to end up potentially being the one that takes this whole league over. At number three, I have Super Cam. This is no shock. This is no surprise. Now, Nick Chubb is out this week with COVID, most likely. So that will really hurt him this week. But this past week, Nick Chubb scored 30 points. He has Austin Eckler. He has Tom Brady. He has uh, Malcolm, or, sorry, Marquise, Marquise Brown, who is on the up and up. He has Daryl Williams as a great fill-in. And Brandon Cooks as a solid wide receiver. He's going to... Continue to field a great team. These three guys are the top three that I do think are going to be able to really continue to make a push as we see the season progress. At number four, at number four, I have all the Kingsmen. All the Kingsmen. Now, all the Kingsmen, once again, does have Derrick Henry out. Kyler Murray did not play this past week. And he did lose. So I know that a lot of those things could be very, very confusing. But his team continues to step up in big situations. Kyler Murray's only going to get more healthy. He has David Montgomery back now. So that could help him as he goes forward. We see uh, his tight end room could get a little bit healthier, but he also has a lot of depth there with Cole Komet uh, as well. So I, I have him at number four. At number five, I have maybe it's Vrabeline a new, new recently changed name. You know, I, it was a really tough loss, but I do think he actually has a really great team. He has Zeke. He has Devontae Booker, who's been stepping in well. Alex Collins, when Chris, Car- when Chris Carson's been out, has been stepping in. A.J. Brown, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett's going to be coming back with Russell Wilson after the bye week. He also has Russell Wilson. Need I say more? I really struggle between him being four or five, but I'm gonna put him at number five for right now. At number se- six, sorry, at number six, I actually have Team Sofa eighty nine. You say, "Oh my gosh, what?" Uh, you, I thought you would have Sigma males here. I'm punishing him. I am punishing him. Sofa eighty nine has a great team. Now Dalvin Cook has some allegations that just came out about him, but. Which could end up siding lighting him. But, but, this is a great team. Adam Thielen is also on his team. Stefan Diggs. Stephon Diggs is on his team. Waller. Fryermuth. Melvin Gordon. Okay, He has an insanely good team. They're going to continue to go forward. I think that he's making the run when he needs to make it, and he's going to do the things that he needs to do right now. At number seven, I have Andy Starsky. I'm not joking when I say Andy Starsky is going to be a star in this league, and he may be a star now. He's on a three-game win streak. Josh Allen hasn't been playing as well as he could be. Mark Ingram could be stepping in more because Alvin Kamara may be hurt. Jamar Chase, Brandon Ayuk might be coming to his own for the first time. Zach Ertz has been playing better. Tyler Higbee. Now he has zero bench, like literally no bench. So if any of these guys get hurt, it's over for him. But I think for right now, he's good. At number eight, I have Sigma Males. You idiot. Show up. Play better. Do what you need to do to be able to... To show that you're you're an actual team in this league. He gets DeAndre Hopkins back. DeAndre Swift. Aaron Jones is still on his team. James Conner is going to have a little bit more opportunity. With Chase Edmonds out. I do think that he can step up and play well. But he is highly. Highly considering tanking this year. While he still has a first round pick. Highly. At number 9. I have Dr. Cornwallis. Dr. Cornwallis continues to. Impress, despite his record. Devontae Adams, Sutton has been kind of a disappointment recently. Michael Carter's been playing a little bit better. Justin Herbert finally got into a spin. And just watch out, watch out. Devontae Williams actually begins to step up. I think that he can actually do well. At number, am I at 9 or 10? At 10. At number 10, I have ghost of Darnold's past. His running back room is very boomer bust. At wide receiver, he has CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, Mike Williams. All great players. Uh, Michael Pittman. I think that he could be, uh, he could be uh, benefiting um, from the position that he's in right now. Maybe he could end up tanking, but I do think he's in this place right now where he's playing the game smart, got a lot of young players, but I think that he could win any given week. At number 11, I have tank for Caleb Williams. Uh, we are spelling out the full name. Uh, A lot of injuries have ravaged his team. He could end up surprising, but it's going to be hard. His team has really taken a turn. It'll be interesting to see what happens with DK Metcalf when he gets back fully healthy, and also Chris Carson potentially as well. At number 12, no surprise here, I have Tank for Ritter. He has placed his entire team on the trade block. This is what he should be doing. Trade him away. Don't be picky. Just trade them away. You get a first or you get a second for Julio Jones, trade him away. If you get something for Joe Mixon, if you get a first-round pick, two first-round picks for Joe Mixon, trade him away. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Just sell the team. Go for the tank. It's already 2-7. It can only be so painful. Build for next year. I know the pain. I know the feeling. Just do it. All right, we're going to do something brand new. Actually, no, let's not do that first. I actually have a phone call uh, that I want you guys to be able to hear uh, from, well, I won't spoil it. Go ahead and take a listen now. Sofa King, aka King Couch Baby, we're back. I told you guys we'd be back. Sigma Males is up there crying, screaming, begging for mercy from the sixth spot. As I'm down in seventh place, looking up at everyone about to come and take my rightful place at the top of this league. We had the most points scored this week. I told you guys from the beginning that we would be back and that you better believe I'm going to have this team playing right. The locker room is back under control. Tech 9 is playing every single day. And you better believe that this team is, is done with their Super Bowl hangover and we're looking to repeat. Let's get it. You heard the man. Sofa89 ready to take over his rightful throne, taking shots at Sigma males, taking shots at other players in the league, looking at that number one place for UConn. I would bet money that we see a UConn Sofa89 rematch in the Super Bowl, and I would pay money to be at that championship game. Front row tickets, that's what I want. I need it. I'd love it. Sofa King 89, you are the true pull out couch king. Take your rightful throne, continue to climb the ladder, sit in your seat of glory, and do what you need to do to win the game. All right, this is my new thing for this week. Thank you for the call. Please, everybody, call in. It really helps. This is my new thing for this week. Instead of matchups of the week, I am going to predict the winners of each week. The winners of each week. And I'm going to kind of go through each matchup. This will elongate some of this, but you know what? Who cares? Let's have some fun. All right. So first game at the very, very top, we have Sigma Males versus Super Cam. I think this is going to be a great matchup of the week. I am going to go with a upset right here. I'm going to say that Sigma Males actually pulls this baby boy out. I'm going to say it. Nick Chubb is out. He has COVID. So he's out for the week. Okay. Uh, he does still have Marquise Brown. Uh, Sigma Males will be getting back both uh, hopefully, hopefully be getting back DeAndre Hopkins and also uh, DeAndre Swift. He'll have James Conner in the front seat. I'm going to go with the upset. I know it may sound Homer-ish, but I'm going to go with Sigma Males as my win of the week. In the matchup of Ghost of Darnold's Pass, and maybe it's Vrab- Rabeline I'm going to stick it safe. Though I love the coach of uh, Ghost of Darnold's Pass, I'm going to say the winner of this week is maybe it's Vrabelene. Great team, needs a bounce-back win. This is it right here. In the matchup between Dr. Cornwallis and N.D. Starsky, I am going to pick, <sighs> this is a hard one, I'm going to pick N.D. Starsky, he's up and coming, he's continuing to win, he's on a three game win streak, I like Dr. Cornwallis' team a lot, he's on a two game losing streak, but I think that this is the week that he continues to win. In the matchup of all the King's men versus team UConn. This is also, man, this is just such a hard matchup. I do... Hmm. I like both teams. I think both teams are big-time contenders. UConn isn't necessarily going to have anybody that's going to be on by this next week. So that's going to, that's going to really kind of hurt uh, all the King's men. It will be very interesting to see how Jordan Howard does work this week and if he does work this week. It would be kind of funny if he came out and he did a great job. I think there is a chance that Kyler Murray comes back. This could be an upset. I think I'm going to go with UConn. Safe bet. I think that he's going to continue to just kind of go forward in this league. Uh, Next, we have the Sims and we have Tank for Williams, Caleb Williams. Uh, I think that this is going to be somewhat obvious. I'm sorry, Tank, for Caleb Williams, but I'm going to go with the Simps. I think that there's just too much potential on this team, too many great players. He's another contender for the Super Bowl. I think that's it. And at the very, very bottom, we have Team Sofa89. Team Sofa89 continues his sweep of this league, continues to climb the ladder. He defeats Tank Verritter as Tank for Ritter continues on his quest to Tank for Ritter. Well, thank you very much for joining the episode of Sadness and uh, Defeat. Uh, I'm your host, Just Josh, and thank you for joining us. Can't wait to see you fellas out there in Week 10.